stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Here we go. Welcome to the Sour the Program. Rob Breckenridge with you on this uh, Keystone Monday, 974-8255 is a telephone number, 974-TALK. So we mentioned this, and, and this is what we realize is important. STEM is what we know it as, the acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. Uh, and this is where so many of the jobs of tomorrow are to be found, and frankly, the jobs of today. And, and I think we realize there needs to be a focus on that in schools. And there's been a lot of talk as well about why there are fewer girls interested in this er- uh, these areas than boys. Remember, there was a whole big kerfuffle at Google about all of this. So, yeah, it's, it certainly starts with the schools. Or let put it another way, schools are a big part of it. But that doesn't take parents out of the equation. Quite the opposite. Parents have such a huge role to play in fostering this, this love for and understanding of science and math. But does that mean you have to be a scientist or a mathematician to get your kids off on the right foot? The good news is you don't. And there's so much learning that can just take place on an everyday basis. Just engaging with your kids and the world around us can go a really long way. Well, our next guest has written a lot about this. Linda Colgan is a professor of elementary mathematics at Queen's University. She's been involved in developing educational children's programs. Uh, and she wrote a piece of The Conversation, theconversation.com on how science in the home can boost children's academic success. Uh, And this is such important advice to get kids off on the right foot in areas that that are so crucial uh, to our economy. Uh, Linda Colgan joins us on the line. Linda, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be here. You know, when you wrote about this, something, you know, that you you said, and it kind of puts it all in perspective, that we think about uh, all this time that kids spend in school, but in the grand scheme of things... It's not a lot, is it? No. If we actually were to sit down and calculate the amount of time that children spend in school between kindergarten and the end of their grade 12 year, it's actually only 14% of their waking hours, which means that uh, they have a lot of other hours that uh, can be used in a variety of ways. And one of those ways, I am hoping, is uh, to engage in informal learning activities. Right. So it doesn't have to mean that they only spend 14% of their time learning. They might spend that amount of time in in school. But I guess there's a lot of ways the kids can absorb how, how the world around them works, right? Absolutely. One of the things that um, I I firmly believe is that parents are their children's first and most important teachers. And the influence that parents have by nurturing curiosity in children, by um, pointing very simple things out, can make an incredible difference in terms of children's attitudes towards science and the extent that they recognize that uh, science is part of their everyday life. So again, it can be something very simple like when you're walking to school, having making a little collection of leaves, coming home and sitting down at the computer and using um, everyone's best friend, Dr. Google, <laughs> try to identify what those leaves are and the kinds of trees that they came from. It could be something as interesting as, you know, making 
bubbles at the at the kitchen sink or making bubbles outside and trying to investigate how big the bubble can be and uh, how hard you have to press on it to make it break. There are so many small ways that learning outside of the classroom really, really matters. One of the things that is very important for us to recognize is that in Canada, less than 50% of students graduate from grade 12 with grade 12 math and science credits. And that means they are essentially eliminated from between 65 to 75% of all programs in apprenticeships, community colleges, and universities. While, While we know that um, these numbers are depressing, what we do have to recognize is that we can't begin to stimulate interest in science when children are getting ready to graduate from high school. It has to start early, and it has to start basically in the home, where people, where children are going to recognize that their parents value science, their parents use science, and their parents want them to to learn to be junior scientists in some way or other. Science is every bit as important as reading. If you think about it, um, we use science daily, whether we are reading instructions on um, a medicine bottle, whether we are uh, measuring baking soda and baking powder to put into flour to create that wonderful magical chemistry um, reaction that is going to make a cake rise. We have lots of, of chemistry and physics and math and biology in the world around us. And children learn from that and they take it back to the classroom yeah that's such a great point because i think a lot of parents i mean you know we 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 all can read or most of us can read obviously we we understand math and we can try to instill some of those basics in our kids but you know we we don't maybe think of ourselves as as scientists but it doesn't have to be difficult uh there there are a lot of really simple ways that, that we can help kids understand these basic concepts and i think what you're saying is that that really sets them up for for a lot of success through the years Absolutely. So, you know, parents are not left on their own to do any of this work by any stretch of the imagination. A trip to the local library and a a quick talk to the librarian will help you to find all kinds of interesting age-appropriate books for children that they can, that you can read together. Parents are always reading to their children, but they don't often pick books that are nonfiction, so books that have a math theme or a science theme. So I'm thinking of, there's a wonderful um, little book called Me on a Map, and basically it starts with 
a child in her own room and she makes a map of her room and then suddenly you move out from that and there's a map of her house and then there's a map of where she is on the in her house in her room on the street and it keep, the map keeps getting bigger and bigger until you see where she is on the globe. It's a fun way to get kids to do some mapping in their classroom, or sorry, in their home mm-hmm. to think about that, and then carry that excitement back. Educational television programs are amazing. Programs like Sid the Science Kid are extremely valuable. But what we know from research is that they become even more valuable when the parents and the children actually sit down and watch those television programs together. There are other books like David Macaulay's The Way Things Work that actually take every simple everyday objects from around the house and demystify them. So have you ever wondered how that mechanical can opener really works? Well, the book explains it, and then it encourages you to go into the kitchen, get the can opener, and have a really good examination of that book. Um, There are so many ways that we can support learning. If a family is in a position to again, be able to visit local museums. I know in Kingston, we have the um, Pump House Steam Museum that teaches about all of the wonderful old machines that were responsible for uh, dealing with water back at the turn of the last century. We have the McLaughlin Woodworking Museum that helps people that helps children to understand how wood is cut, what wood what stories wood can tell us. Things like maple sugar uh, shacks where we can learn how maple syrup is made. We think of these as just a pleasant way to spend an afternoon with our children, but they're learning an enormous amount from that, and that actually does, according to research, have carryover back into the classroom. Well, and you talk about how important you know the, these kinds of careers are and how important it is to have those fundamentals uh, throughout uh, their, their school careers. But we, you know, where, there's also a concern, of course, that we, we don't have enough girls who are interested in, in science and technology. And is, is this a way of, of laying those foundations so in the longer term we can start to address that side of it too? Absolutely. One of the things that I think is really, really a blessing in Canada is that we have programs like Scientists in the School and uh, Let's Talk Science. And these organizations take um, university students who are just beginning their journey to become um, students of physics, chemistry, biology, environmental studies, whatever it may happen to be, and they go into the classroom and they do demonstration lessons for the children in the classroom. One of the things that we're finding and one of the things that I'm certainly working to do here at Queen's is to recruit more young women to be the volunteers that go out into the schools so that children, young children, actually see students that aren't that much older than themselves who are doing really exciting things and have wonderful stories and experiences to share and can teach them how to do 
you know, amazing experiments like the classic egg drop experiment or, you know, building a volcano in the classroom or, you know, children love to um, to blow things up. So how do you blow up a balloon without actually having to blow up the balloon? Well, you can use carbon dioxide. So again, we need young girls to see other young women show them what it's like. And I'll tell you why that's really important. We know that our young girls are outperforming young boys on provincial math tests, and yet those same young girls don't think that they're very good at math, and they don't think that math is important, and they don't see themselves continuing on in math. So if we have children in grade three, especially young girls believing that, then we have a problem. So really, really got to bring everyone on board because we need scientists. Bottom line is, if we're thinking again about all of the people who are working in laboratories to reduce suffering by understanding various diseases, Right now, all of the issues around global warming, we need scientists to help us. And that has to begin at the very, very young age when children are naturally curious. And what we want to do is keep them being curious and being engaged so that they can see themselves as possibly being a scientist, either formally or in a community organization, informally as a community scientist, even if it is doing something important like a a backyard bird count. We know that there are opportunities, but children basically imitate the adults around them. When the adults around them are interested and passionate about science, children will be as well. That's a great point. Uh, we'll let folks know they can find your piece uh, at um, theconversation.com from last week. Science in the Home Boost Children's Academic Success is the headline. Some great insight here, Linda. Thank you so much for making some time for us. You're very, very welcome, and thank you for your interest in the piece. All right, there you go. Linda Colgan, professor of elementary mathematics, Queen's University. Uh, and, and I think this is this is pretty basic stuff, but but important to understand it. Jay uh, texts us, I totally agree with your guest. A few years ago, we bought our kids a microscope kit. They're 13 and 11 now and can still think of things that they view with the microscope. Since they were five, they've helped do science in our aquarium, water checking, levels, etc. And they both excel in science and have a great hunger to learn more. All right, it's terrific. 403-974-8255. Uh, when we come back, we just talked about Charles Manson last week. Uh, he died over the weekend. I think to a lot of people, unfortunate that he managed to live such a long life, but did live it behind bars for the most part. Uh, we'll talk a bit about that. Much more still to come. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.